Hello, Magic Transistors. Welcome to another Beach Boys album review on this podcast. And today I'm going to review the Smiley Smile album. So my initial thoughts of this album was I hated it. And partly, I think the biggest mistake they made is putting the word smile on the title because there was all of this hype leading up to uh, the release of this album about an album that would be called Smile. And the last big single that came out was uh, Good Vibrations, which was a smash. Not only commercially, but artistically, it blew people's minds, right? It was something very unique when it came out in late 1966. I believe it was September or October, somewhere in there of 66. And it was ahead of its time. It was, you know, it was greatness. And then there was a long, well, there were several things. Number one, it, it was a long time before they released anything again. And that's part of the problem there. Um, the next thing they came out with was Heroes and Villains, which artistically was just as good as Good Vibrations, but commercially just fell flat. And the the version that they released was probably not uh, as good as some of the mixes that have come out since. Sections that he left out and, and added and all this stuff. The earlier versions of Heroes and Villains were probably better. Now, whether they would have been a hit single, I don't know. Maybe they should have picked something else, like vegetables. Although there's pauses in vegetables as well, but I think it might have been more accessible and might have been a better pick for a single. But again, that was one of the last things that he recorded for Smile, and he needed to get something out sooner. Um, But Smile was obviously the last episode I did um, was reviewing Smile was a very highly produced well thought out very poetic very mature album and uh, or or recordings I should say because it didn't come out at the time Uh, but it was going to be a step up from Pet Sounds and based on what I've heard I think that's true now it is a little weirder so I don't know how that would have impacted uh, now, some people wonder, like, could it have been successful because it was so weird? But you think about 1967, and just about everything that was big at the time was weird, like Sgt. Pepper's Magical Mystery Tour. Uh, Pink Floyd came out with um, uh, Dawn at the Bre- something in the Break of Dawn. I forget what it's called now. Uh, although that wasn't a hit in the United States, but. Um, you think about a lot of the hit singles, and they were all psychedelic. I mean, it was a year of psychedelia. Not all, but, you know, like, that was a big thing at the time. So I think Smile would have fit right in, and it would have sounded like the Beach Boys, but with some psychedelia mixed in. And people would have been ready for it because Good Vibrations was their last big hit. I think it would have had to come out sooner than it, was, it wasn't ready yet. But it, if it came out in January, like they had proposed, uh, it would have been, people would have been ready for it at the time. Um, 
But I think that 67 was also a year that if you were not on top of things, you could quickly be left behind because things were changing so fast. And by the summer of 67, with the Beach Boys having very little uh, released over the past, you know, eight, nine months, whatever it was. I don't know what month Heroes and Villains came out. I want to say it was like June. So you're talking about between September, October, all the way to June. That's a long time back then for between singles, right? And there was all this hype about it. The Beach Boys were, even though commercially Pet Sounds was not a huge hit, it was well-respected, and they were called Band of the Year based on that album and the single Good Vibrations. So there was a lot of critical acclaim for the Beach Boys going into 1967. But with all these new groups coming out um, and new sounds in early 67, which Brian was ahead of the game, but a lot of what he was doing was not released at the time. And then Heroes and Villains finally comes out and it doesn't work. Now, if Heroes and Villains had been released in January or December of 66, something like that, maybe it would have worked. Maybe people would have been blown away by it. But I think the Beach Boys were sort of drifting to the back of people's minds. So that was one problem. The other problem is that what they released, and they called it Smiley Smile, so it had the name Smile in it, which I think was a huge mistake. It was nothing like Smile. I mean, outside of two songs, Good Vibrations is on there, the single version, and Heroes and Villains. Uh, Production-wise, Heroes and Villains, even though it's not probably what was originally going to be Heroes and Villains, it was still close in terms of production style. Outside of those two songs, everything else was just um, very lo-fi. And if you, if you can, I can appreciate it for what it is. Um, looking back on it now, I compare it to the Velvet Underground or something. Um, it's very strange, but it's very like low key. It's just one or two instruments and vocals, right? <laughs> like it's no wrecking crew with the exception of those two, you know, good vibrations and heroes and villains and very lo-fi and a lot of weirdness in the album. And at first I hated it because I was expecting more like what Smile was, especially given that Smile is in the title. So it's natural, and I'm sure that even at the time, people were just like, what is this? And it was a commercial flop. It was the worst. I want to say it was less successful than Surfin' Safari was, or even like Surfin'. Like, Surfin' was their first single, went to 72. I don't know where Smiley Smile was. Uh, I don't have it in front of me, but my guess is, well, I think it did better than 72. But my point is that for the success that they had just come off of, a number one hit single, um, and the band of the year in 66, to go from that to... uh, when Smiley Smile came out in September of 67, there was all this new stuff that other people were doing 
that the Beach Boys were kind of thought of as something of the past. And number one, this album was not something that would get people, uh, you know, blown away by. <laughs> it's not meant to be commercial at all. It's not meant to be, I mean, it's, it's somewhat lo-fi and it almost sounds like they're kind of making it up as they go along, but at the same time, it's very weird. So it's it's a strange combination, which over time has gotten me to appreciate it more. And so that would be kind of an, an introduction to my thoughts on what we're about to talk about. So the Smiley Smile album came out on September 18th, 1967. It was a Brothers and Capital release produced by the Beach Boys. This, I believe, was the first album that was that is credited to the Beach Boys as producer. And also, a lot of this was recorded at Brian Wilson's house. You know, Pet Sounds and Smile especially, but all the albums previously, with the exception of maybe the early stuff on Candix, were all recorded in professional studios. And now you've got um, this you know, very successful band recording at Brian's home. And the Beach Boys themselves are now doing most of the instrumentation. They probably had a little bit of help. Obviously, Good Vibrations and Heroes and Villains were recorded in professional studios. But as for this one, it was recorded in Brian's home and the Beach Boys being the instrumentalists for the most part um the manager at the time was nick grillo so murray was fired a couple a few years earlier and um i guess nick grillo became their manager right off the bat but i'm not sure about that so um those are some things engineer i don't have uh, a name here i don't know if it was chuck Britz if he stayed at the big studios or or not uh this was before steven desper um so i'm not exactly sure who the engineer was and they may have just engineered it themselves i don't know uh, since it was at brian's home the album cover is a reimagining of henry russo's painting done by walt disney so it's like it's it's a reimagining it's not an original um and it's definitely the most interesting cover to date by the Beach Boys, but not uh, not a great album cover, but I think it is a pretty interesting one. Um, it kind of has this fakeness to it, you know, like a fake, n not CGI, because it wasn't CGI at the time, but it, it's almost kind of cartoony, which I think fits the music if you think about it. Uh, it's not like, like the next album, Wild Honey, had sort of a stained glass window that seemed more real. It wasn't, I don't know how to explain this, but, uh, you know, but he, I mean, even Smile uh, cover had like a cartoony front cover. Um, but what I'm, what I'm trying to say is it's not that it's cartoony. It's more like it's uh, like a print up 
I know they didn't have computers back then, but that's kind of my impression of it. And the fact that it's a reimagining of something else kind of fits with the music because some of the songs are reimagined smile songs, just really uh, simplified. (laughs) So I, I guess in that sense, it fits with the music within. But I do like the cover. I think it is interesting. And I give it a 9 out of 10. Now on to the songs. I've been in this town so long and back in the city I've been taken for lost and gone And I've known for a long, long time The first song is Heroes and Villains Written by Brian Wilson and Van Dyke Parks This was the single version that had come out That eventually came out Not the one that... Uh, came out on the smile sessions in 2011 um so this is i think the one on the smile sessions is better i think i gave it a 9.6 on that one but this one is missing some sections that i think really helped the song um this is still really good like the single version is still very good for what it is but i think it could have been better with some sections that brian left out and everything and this version um, still gets a 10 in poetry and a 9 in art, as well as a 9 with the hook and, and stuff. But overall, this one gets a 9.0. I'm going to be around my vegetables. I'm going to chow down my vegetables. I love you. My Track number two is Vegetables, and written by Brian Wilson and Van Dyke Parks. And uh, I believe it's Carl singing lead. Uh, I forgot to mention that Brian sings lead on Heroes and Villains uh, for the most part. I believe it's Carl. Now, on the Smile version, it's Al. Um, or maybe it's the group singing together. I don't know. It's, it's, it's hard to tell. So it might be several voices. might be Mike in there. I, I don't know. It might still be Al, though. I don't know. But it's just, it's it's obviously a whole different style of singing. It's more breathy and soft. Whereas the original Al is singing full-fledged. Um, this is one of my favorite reworkings uh, of the original Smile songs. I really like it for what it is. Um, it has kind of this doo-wop-y section that is probably something I don't care about it. Um... It still gets a 10 in art, very creative, and a 9 in poetry. But there are some downsides to this. uh, Because it's recorded in such a slow way as opposed to the upbeatness of the other one, the catchiness is way down. Uh, The the hook is is not as good. Um, But it's still a very solid song, and I give this one a 7.6. Track number three is Fall Breaks and Back to Winter. Also, uh, in parentheses, it says Woodpecker's, Woody Woodpecker's Symphony. I like that title better than Fall Breaks. Uh, but um, this is kind of based on the Mrs. O'Leary's Cow track. And in my opinion, uh, this is just, a, this is more weird. It's probably the weirdest thing on this album. 
Uh, I don't know what that bass sound is. It sounds like a huh, huh, like a laugh. I'm not exactly sure what they use to do that. Um, but it has, uh, they use the same vocals where it goes, ah, uh, that they do on Mrs. O'Leary's Cow, or at least was added in the Smile Sessions later. Um, but it's based on the same idea, but it, it sounds completely different. It's a different kind of arrangement and everything. And I really do love this. Now, the catchiness of it is, it's so weird that I only gave it a 2 in catchiness. But artistically, I gave it a 10. And, um, and also, production-wise, a 10. So, uh, you know, outside of that, um, you know, the catchiness, it, it, I really love it. Uh, did I say written by Brian Wilson? I don't remember if I did. Anyway, but overall, this track gets a 7.3. Silken hair, more silken hair fell on her face, and no wind was blowing. Track number four is She's Going Bald, written by Brian Wilson, Mike Love, and Van Dyke Parks. This is based on uh, an earlier recording called uh, uh, Speeches. Or He Gives Speeches. Now, He Gives Speeches was left out of the Smile Sessions uh, official album, quote-unquote official, that they released in 2011. I don't know why it was left out, but it was. Um, so, but anyway, She's Going Bald is based on the same tune. Um, now, She's Going Bald is a weird, <laughs> it has some weirdness in it for sure. Uh, they speed up the vo vocals and they speed up the track and it starts getting really, really high. No pun intended. Um, I think that there is, it might be a little catchier. I mean, she get, uh, he gives speeches. It has a very, you know, um, syncopated feeling. It's very direct. Like it, it it feels like it's just really well done. This feels more like a silly thing, but it's still, you know, with the guitar in there and everything, I think it, it does nicely um, in that regard. And, um, you know, there's some things about it that, that I think uh, are pretty interesting, um, obviously, and, uh, and catchy. It's got some catchiness to it. Um, and so, you know, this actually does higher than you might think, but I give this a 7.0. If I only had a little Track number five is Little Pad, written by Brian Wilson. Um, there's different lead vocalists on this song, which there are on several songs, so it's hard for me to say who the lead vocalist is because they trade off a lot. Um, it starts out, I think, Brian saying, do it, and the and then laughing. Mike starts with, with the first few phrase, and then Brian picks it up while he's laughing. Um, I heard a rumor, uh, I think it was Mike, that said when they recorded this album, they were stoned out of their gourd. 
which is interesting that he would say that because sometimes he makes it sound like he never did drugs. But apparently they were all either on marijuana or something <laughs> when doing this, doing vocals on this album. And, um, you know, on this song in particular, it sounds like they might be stoned when they're doing it. Um, you know, I would say this might be one of the best songs on the album, uh, or new songs, I should say, in terms of uh, originals, not Smile remakes or anything, or the sm two original Smiles, but in terms of originals, this is probably one of my favorite. And, uh, yeah, and so this song... I have to recalculate here because it's different than what I had. Because, see, I wrote all these notes the first time I did this, like five years ago. And my taste has changed a bit. Uh, so we got 16, 21, 30, 38 divided by 5. We got 7.6. Yeah, so this song gets a 7.6. Uh. I love the colorful clothes she wears And the way the sunlight plays upon her head The next song is Good Vibrations and written by Brian Wilson and Mike Love. I won't say much about this because it's pretty much the same thing as the Smile version, albeit that a section was taken out. Now, when I did this notes a while ago, I uh, changed it to a 9.8 because the section that was added in the bridge uh, uh, in the smile version makes it better but the more I think about it it doesn't really make it better it just adds a section to it you know and so I rethought that and I'm still going to give this a 10.0 uh, so I'm not going to say anything more about this since we've already talked about it but a 10.0 for good vibrations <laughs> The next song is With Me Tonight, written by Brian Wilson and Mike Love. And I'll just say right off the bat, it's pretty much just a hook. There's no, there's not really any verses. It's just the, you know, the chorus repeated over and over. Um, I believe that uh, Brian might be the lead vocalist uh, on this one or Carl I'm not I can't remember um, I really like the sound you know anytime there's a vocal with the organ and it's kind of soft it's it pulls me in but it, it needs something else like it needs verses <laughs> um, and the, it's just repetitive and it's real short you know it, it fits on this album because of what this album is, but I think this song could have been more. Like, it could have had verses and things um, that could have made it a really, really nice song. And it kind of sounds like a precursor to Friends, which we'll get into in a couple of episodes. If you added verses to it, it sounds like it would fit perfectly on the Friends album. But overall, I give this song... Uh, well, I'll just say the strength of this song is the art. I gave it a 9 but nothing else gets higher than an eight. The hook is an eight and the production, but yeah, but there's other, the poetry and the catchiness pulls this song down 
And overall, this song gets a 6.4. Hanging down from my window. Those are my windchimes. The next song is Wind Chimes, written by Brian Wilson. And just like the original, Carl Wilson is singing lead, although completely different <laughs> sound than he did on the first one. Uh, first of all, I think it's in a lower register. Or no, actually it's Brian starting it. Uh, and then... And, oh, okay, I was thinking of Wonderful, sorry. <laughs> this one is one of those that they switch off a lot. And Brian starts it out, then Mike comes in. Uh, once again, a very hushed-toned, almost like they're stoned when they're singing kind of a sound, um, as opposed to the full voice sound of the original that Carl does so well. But I will say that this is my favorite of the remakes between Vegetables, Wind Chimes, and Wonderful. I think those were the three, because Good Vibrations and Heroes and Villains are, are the same tracks. But these three are completely different and wind chimes is my favorite of the three um just very strange now the original smile version of wind chimes is probably arguably one of my top five beach boy songs ever but this one definitely not in my top five but i really uh love this track um and so, overall, this one gets an 8.0. The next song is Getting Hungry, written by Brian Wilson and Mike Love. Uh, it's a more upbeat sound than the rest of it. And for a long time, I thought this would fit better on Wild Honey. You know, it's got more of that kind of vocal style, which is the next album where everything is more, as opposed to most of this album being kind of more whispered <laughs> singing. Uh, this song is more like R&B type singing. And, um, but on the other hand, this album needed something upbeat. And now here's a joke that I heard, not a joke, but like, something that i heard that brian wilson if you at the very end of wind chimes it's very soft like it's the softest part of the album where they're like uh saying a whispering wind send my wind chimes and it gets really really quiet and then it blasts with this organ uh, at the beginning of this song and brian said it was kind of a prank on the listener <laughs> Because people might be turning up their, their volume knob at the end of wind chimes trying to hear it. And then all of a sudden, bam, it hits you with this uh, heavy organ sound. Um, and so, you know, as I've rethought and, and when we talk about the uh, alternate album at the end, for a long time I had this on my alternate Wild Honey album. But I have since rethought that and you, you will see... Uh, where I put it but um, you know it is an interesting song um, it goes from heavy to soft back to heavy to so you know it's it's an interesting dynamic um, 
And so this song has kind of grown on me a bit, and I give it a 7.8. She belongs there, left with her liberty, never known as a non-believer. The next song is Wonderful, written by Brian Wilson and Van Dyke Parks, and again, a reworked song. Um, the smile version was more Baroque sounding with Brian Wilson singing in a full, you know, kind of nasally, his, his voice, uh, very well sung. Like, I think I described it as if Bach was alive doing pop music in the sixties, he might've sounded something like this. Although we don't know what his voice sounded like. Um, but this version obviously once again is like whispered kind of hushed throaty kind of singing um i believe it's carl singing it and they actually do whisper parts of it one one wonderful you know um and uh you know i enjoy it i like it um for what it is again it's different it's not as good as the original but it's still interesting in its own um i think the organ fits better with this style and the harpsichord sound fits better on the other one. So it's kind of one of those things where they just mixed it well and they work well for what they are. Um, but overall, this one gets a 7.8. The last song is Whistlin', written by Brian Wilson. Um... And I believe Carl is singing most of the lead on this one as well. But this one kind of is a sister song, I guess you could say. I kind of always think of it together with With Me Tonight in the sense that it's just a chorus. It's just a hook. And it's just very repetitive. And for this album, it works. Um, and once again, if you added um, verses to it, it probably would have fit perfectly on the Friends album. Um, so I, I think of it as kind of an incomplete song, but um, it is a little catchier than With Me Tonight, but not as pretty. And, uh, you know, but I think that um, it's 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 got its uh, it's so catchy, I think. Uh, well, not so catchy. I gave it a seven catchiness or the hook. I'm sorry. The, the hook is where it gets a ten. The 10 gets a hook, but I mean, <laughs> what? Okay, I'm not editing this thing because I'm lazy, but <laughs> the hook gets a 10. <laughs> uh, some of you might be listening to this thinking that I'm stoned while I'm recording this. Uh, no, I haven't had anything like that, but <clears throat> my brain is not working. Anyway, the hook gets a 10, so it kind of elevates this a bit, but... Uh, overall, this song gets a 7.2. The album flow is a 10 out of 10. I think it, if you get into the mood of it, it works very well. And uh, I think that uh, I think that you know it is good for what it is. You just have to get smile out of your mind and pet sounds out of your mind, and just kind of enjoy this as it is. Um, one of the things I will mention here, um, Mike Love has claimed that this album was used in psych 
psych wards to help people come off of bad <laughs> psychedelic trips, which is an interesting story and uh, and and one that I'm not sure if it's true, but that's what Mike Love claims. Uh, I like it to be true. I like that story, so I'm going to go with it. But, um, yeah, just a very um, laid-back album. You're, you're not going to find, uh, outside of Good Vibrations and Heroes and Villains, anything that remotely represents commercial pop music. Um, but it's just every bit as weird and psychedelic, just in a different way, and very lo-fi, um, with doo-wop mixed in there. And how many psychedelic groups mixed psychedelic rock with doo-wop? Well, there was Frank Zappa. He did. <laughs> but hardly anybody else did, you know. And it's just, that's what makes partly them so unique uh, in this era. Um, but again, I would compare this album more with the Velvet Underground than with, say, Sgt. Pepper. Smile would have been more comparable to Sgt. Pepper. Although, in my opinion, better. Smile is more along the lines of that and uh, the Who's Tommy and maybe Chicago. You know, just very well produced. Well, while this one is anti-commercial. And so that's what makes it different and unique. So the final score for Smiley Smile is actually higher than you might think. It gets an 8.05. So now I'd like to discuss this alternate album, which I'm changing the title because I don't I like to compare it to Smile, although there is going to be something similar to it. But I'm going to change the title of this to Laid in Hawaii, which was going to which was the working title for a live album that they were doing in 1967. So that's kind of my title. So I kind of imagine the front cover being the same, but instead of Smiley Smile, it says Laid in Hawaii. And <clears throat> what I imagine in this alternate universe that I make up in my own mind that has no bearing on reality whatsoever <laughs> is that they were going to make a film. And I kind of uh, picture things like... Um, the sound like the uh, video to uh, I wasn't made for these times. If you haven't seen it, I think Brian is wearing a mask uh, of some sort. You know, there's these like Halloween masks that <laughs> that is sneaking up. No, it's Mike that meets this person with a mask on and he comes back and everybody else is just telling him to go away. Um, but I think of something like that and other things in my imagination of them coming up with some kind of movie that would have been similar to a uh, magical mystery tour or the monkey's head. <laughs> and having this as a double album soundtrack where the second um, record would be live in Hawaii, something like that. I'm not going to do all the live stuff. I'm just going to do the first half of it which I consider a studio album. Um, I had some s tracks when I first did this alternate album. I had tracks from two, three years in the future. Uh, and I'm changing what I'm doing now. 
I wasn't using the same, um, like the reworkings of the smile songs, but I think I'm going to do that now. And I'm going to take out some of the songs that were later. Um, and also here's another thing that I tried to do is sort of the, the, the order of songs of smile was a guide to the order of songs here. Now, even though there's different songs, um, it's kind of a guideline. So it's kind of the same concept. And that kind of helped me come up with a song order. But there are some differences as well, obviously. But um, all right. So hope you enjoy. Here is side A of my alternate Laid in Hawaii album.
on her face and no wind was blowing. Silken hair, more silken hair, lay near her pillbox down at her feet. been on a trip. and I saw she'd lost her hair. I thought I would tell. She was going when she saw her shining forehead. She swooned to the grilly flipped her wood so hard I blew my mind I blew my cool I blew myself over Oh 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 Shanah She drew a comb across her scalp and brushed what she had left. I tried to salvage what I could and threw it in a sack. She made a beeline to her room and grabbed all kind of juice. She started pouring it on her head and thought it'd grow it back. Oh! You're too late, mama. Enough of upside your head.
Now that was the end of side A, and just a couple of things to note here. 
uh, at the uh, some of the things that I did not use uh, from the smile sessions on my alternate smile album, such as I'm in great shape, I put on here, as you have noticed. Uh, there's a couple of stretches in terms of timeline, and I just want to explain that. And it's less than it used to be. <laughs> but Diamond Head, I think, if I'm going to call this Laid in Hawaii, that would be a perfect title for, I mean, a perfect song for this album. And since I had a lot to, to squeeze into my friend's album from the outtakes, I decided I could use that for this one. So, yeah, it's a stretch of the timeline. And also Walk On By. And the reason I use that is because I love it as the end of Side A. So, uh, you know, I hope you enjoy that. Um, so now we're going on to Side B. I, I love the colorful clothes you wear And the way the sunlight plays upon her hair I am gentle On the wind that lifts her perfume to the Happening with her. 
Major Joe. I tried to kick the ball, but my tinny flew right off. I'm red as a beat, cause I'm so In the late afternoon 